All right, audio's going. Okay. Uh, hello. Hi. Uh, what's your name? Vera. Vera, good to meet you. Um, where are you from, Vera? Um, I was born in France and grew up in San Francisco, and my mom's Vietnamese. Ah, okay. My dad's European. That's pretty cool. Born in France. Um, what were your What were your parents doing out there? Uh, my mom moved to France to Paris after when she was eighteen to get away from from Vietnam, and my dad just wanted to go to France after college because he was like following some French philosophers or whatever. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What kind of French philosophers? Uh, like Foucault and Derrida, and I don't know what else. <laughs> That's then, really awesome. then he didn't. He didn't really pursue that. If he, that was just kind of a phase for him. Yeah. Because then he got into uh, technology, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else. And so you grew up in San Francisco. Yeah. Did you go to high school in the city? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was high school like for you? Um, I mean, it was awkward because it was high school. Um, I didn't. It was kind of, I felt a little bit out of place. Well, when I first moved to America, I went to a French um, middle school and stuff. So it was my so high school was my first time being in the American system, which was really different from the French system, because they like want you to have opinions about stuff and like talk. They want you to participate, which mm -hmm. I hated participating. So my grade would always go down because I wouldn't participate, and it made me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you're, so you did, you were in France, elementary school, middle school? I was in France until I was seven, and mm -hmm. then I came here and went to a French school in San Francisco. I see. So it was all taught by French people, and it all followed the, like, French government's curriculum. Mm -hmm. So it was super French. Yeah, that's cool. Um, let's see. Uh, do you still keep in touch with people that you went to high school with? Um, like one or two. What's your earliest childhood memory? Well, I have a memory of being in the elevator in the hospital to see my sister being born. And so that would have been when I was three. Mm -hmm. But I might have earlier memories, but I don't, can't think of them. Yeah. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have a younger sister who's three years younger than me. One younger sister. Yeah. Two girls. Yeah. Um, do you live in the city now? I live in Oakland. Oakland. How do you like the... Um, how do you like... Do you feel like it's very different, Oakland versus San Francisco? Um, it's, it's a little different, yeah. I mean, I like Oakland better. I like the East Bay better now because I'm just so familiar with San Francisco, having grown up there, and just like the tech stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Oakland feels a little bit more down to earth. Hmm. Um, what year did you graduate from high school? 2010. 2010, okay. Um... Um, what TV shows did you like as a kid? I didn't watch any TV. 
No TV at all? Mm-mm. Did your parents not, or did they like not allow it? No, we had a TV, but it wasn't like hooked up to cable or something. And so like sometimes we, I mean, I watched like a couple of Disney movies. I don't know, they didn't watch TV either. So it just wasn't like a real thing. But like if I wanted to, I could have, I think. Was there a lot of, um, was it more like, what did you do when you were a kid, like to pass the time? I think I played with my sister a lot, like played with dolls and played with whatever, just like did silly things, played with stuffed animals and stuff like that. And I drew Mm -hmm. and yeah. Um, Did you go to college? Yeah. What did you, what did you study? I studied math and chemistry. Oh, cool. And do you do chemistry and stuff now? No, I'm a... I'm an artist. Oh, cool. <laughs> what kind of art do you do? Abstract, swirly, calligraphic, um, kind of psychedelic paintings, mm-hmm. but not really. I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're kind of layered and complex and organic and feminine, lots of movement. Do you like the, um, do you like the art scene in Oakland? more than San Francisco or do you feel like it's different or I'm not that crazy about the art scene in the Bay Area in general um maybe I like it better in Oakland maybe I haven't like really gotten out there and really tried to be in it but I'm not that inspired by it so I kind of am thinking about moving down to LA at some point Mm -hmm. to actually well I think I just have more chances of meeting the right people there to collaborate with like the right kind of agents and stuff like that mm-hmm. the right kind of gallerists I just haven't been I just am not really inspired when I go to art shows here um, I'm kind of a harsh critic but yeah. yeah why do you think that is like why do you think it's not as I don't know what would you say well, it's, it's like, like why doesn't the Bay Area have like a really good music scene it's like I don't know the Bay Area just there's something about it. I mean, I love it. There's a lot of like health and spirituality and like personal growth type stuff happening here. And then there's the whole tech boom happening. And those seem like the more, the main things. So I'm happy to be here now because I'm interested in that kind of health and spirituality and self improvement type of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just not as vibrant in in culture as one might think it is. Mm-hmm. Also, there's something about art being like really political here. Like you just have to have a certain kind of thing. And for some reason, I feel like LA would be more accepting of my kind of art or my kind of art would just have more of an audience there mm-hmm. and space to LA just has like bigger spaces I like to make really large paintings and so a lot of the galleries in San Francisco I mean some of them would be good but everything is just like much more condensed yeah exactly um, let's see uh, what was your first job um Uh, I think I was a babysitter for my neighbor's kids. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, probably too young to be watching other kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what was your, what's been your favorite job so far? Well, I haven't had that many jobs, like what normal people would call jobs. Um, Cause after college I decided to just pursue art and I got a grant and then I just sort of like managed to like avoid entering the adult job world to the best of my ability, um, which is partly kind of like avoiding adulting, but also partly like not wanting to be like brainwashed or corrupted or like tired out by, by just the, the nine to five thing that like tears down on people. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel kind of bratty saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, yeah, I also, I made some good investments in Bitcoin um, and then it's gone up and stuff. So it's like, and I've been selling my art too. So like a combination of selling some paintings and just knowing that I have a backup um, makes me not that excited about, I mean, not that inclined to look for a job. Yeah. Um, um, do you miss doing chemistry? Yeah, kind of. I miss I miss some of the brain work, which I, like, I satisfy my intellectual side, but just, like, looking up and researching random things, but it's not quite the same intensity as, like, the chemistry mm-hmm. itself. And then I miss being in the lab and, like, mixing things and feeling like I'm a witch mm-hmm. and making potions. What's something that you did... I don't know what like what would you I really like don't know much about chemistry but um like I don't know like what's something that you did like an experiment well there was like a lab where we in organic chemistry where we synthesized all of these esters and esters are like compounds that have aromas so we made a bunch of different esters and they each had a different aroma like there was like banana flavored aroma and there was like pear aroma and like Hmm. peach aroma like all these like kind of like flavorings that you would see in like candies and stuff um they're all based on the same type of molecular structure so we made a bunch of them Interesting. and then or i don't remember what the structure of the lab was i think we had it was like a yeah you had to identify them or i don't remember um what did some of your peers um like what do they end up doing like after they finish school for work and stuff like what does someone need a chemist for i don't really know i was i don't really know how the world the adult job world works i get really confused it's like wait so you then i don't know they work for companies or something (laughs) 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 or they or they like uh work for or they go on to grad school Mm -hmm. i read this book once um oh maybe you read it fast food nation no um it's all about the well it's all about the fast food industry so a lot of it is just like really depressing mm-hmm. uh but one part that i thought was really interesting was the journalist goes to this uh area where these different chemists have all these different smells and mm-hmm. um and so what he thought was like the flavor of the meat when he eats a hamburger like that uh flavor or the smell of like the charbroiled uh flavor it's um it's like a little smell like in a and the chemist like showed him the container and it was just this clear liquid and he smelled it and it was like, yeah, like that was, it's not yeah. like a backyard barbecue, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty interested in like health and nutrition in general. So I use my chemistry slash science 
type of mind just to to research that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. there's a lot because there's a lot of just information that's not true like if you google search for certain things like the first 20 or so results will be like magazines being like oh to lose weight do this and do that and it's gonna be all like wrong oh really so like like what like what would be a thing that people think might be correct but is actually not correct like don't eat red meat Mm -hmm. people say like oh you'll get you'll get a heart attack if you eat red meat but like if you like trace back the studies and stuff like there's actually those studies I don't know I don't know the details but like the saturated fat red meat thing like it wasn't those studies weren't actually conclusive about meat itself being the thing that causes heart disease as opposed to a bunch of other factors and in general red meat is linked with like lower rates of depression and like all of these beneficial things um i'm not saying we should it's ethical to eat meat or whatever i'm just saying like the information it basically trickles down really slowly across society and it's it's yeah so like scientists do their research and then some other guy who's not a scientist writes the article that's then published to the media and they don't know anything about science so they kind of well they're supposed to but they don't so they kind of like sensationalize everything and then everything gets distorted and like trickles down and then then some, yeah then it just leads to like health problems hmm. like yeah um let's see so i know you said you didn't you haven't really had like a lot of job jobs, but what would you say, like what was like the, one of the least favorite things that you've done to, um, I don't know, I guess to earn a living, like something that was like a crappy job or something where you're just like, oh, this sucks. I don't ever want to do this again. Um, well, I don't know. There's been some stuff that's like, not really legal, so I don't know if I want to incriminate myself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but like those were the only ones. <laughs> um, what do you like to do in your spare time? Mm, well, I don't really make the distinction between like spare time and not spare time because like it, everything kind of blends in together. Um, but I like to go to CrossFit classes. Um, I like to cook. I like to do some kinds of yoga and meditation. I like to hang out with my friends, my partner. I like to spend a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. And I paint that if we're counting that as my job then mm-hmm. <laughs> um, were you raised uh, with a certain kind of religion no no religion at all do you feel like uh, do you still feel that you don't have a religion or have you like come to a certain kind of spirituality that maybe you didn't that wasn't like given to you when you were growing up by your family. Yeah. I mean, I still don't feel like I have a religion, but I think when I was younger, I used to be like very adamantly atheist. Like when I was really into science and stuff, I was like, no, only logical things that can be proven are true and everything else is not true. And then that has just like totally shifted to like, I'm 
pretty willing to believe like the craziest idea ever or at least not not believe it like oh yeah yeah that's true but just like entertain the possibility mm-hmm. that it might be true so i'm kind of even though i feel like sometimes i have strong opinions about things at the same time i don't really believe anything about anything slash i believe everything about everything um so yeah so i'm a lot more open to p- different people's religions like i s- kind of see where where they're coming from to a degree and I'm interested in lots of kinds of spiritual traditions. Like what? Uh, Buddhism. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so you mentioned, so your mother, your mother actually was in Vietnam. She's Vietnamese from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did she have a... A certain religion growing up? No, not really. I think there was something, they had some cultural traditions like praying for their ancestors and stuff like that. And maybe there were a few like Buddha statues in the house, but they weren't really, yeah, she never really talked about it being a thing. Um, what about like a certain political outlook? Do you feel like your family had a certain political outlook that influenced you? Yeah, they're, they're kind of unusual. Like they're kind of, they kind of vote Republican a lot of the time, but they're super intellectual, which Mm -hmm. is kind of not what you associate with Republicanism. And they live in San Francisco and they're kind of like, super liberal while being kind of Republican. I think it's kind of like libertarianism. Um, Yeah, so like fiscally conservative, but socially liberal or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, kind of more libertarian. Yeah, and I've definitely been somewhat influenced by that, but I also grew up in the Bay Area, so it was mostly just like left-wing all the time. Um, But I think having that that my parents perspective sort of put things into perspective overall so I don't really have yeah I don't go around like really engaging in political conversations but I do I've attended um, events like there's this event called ephemerile that's a gathering of boats on the Sacramento River in the summer it's kind of like a festival kind of like Burning Man but it's just boats and all the people there are kind of libertarian, but like in a really like left wing kind of way or Bay Area kind of way. So I tend to hang out with those people. So then I kind of absorb their ideas, which I'm fine with. So libertarian ish. <laughs> um, what's that event like on the Sacramento River? What is it called again? It's called ephemeral. So like ephemeral island oh i got mashed you. into ephemerile mm-hmm. um it's pretty cool there's i haven't really been to anything like it um it has some of the vibes of burning man in the sense that i don't know it's it's um you have to bring everything that you need and it's like self-reliance and stuff like that but it's not There's no central organizer. So Burning Man has, you have to buy tickets to go to Burning Man. And at Ephemeral, it's like if you have a boat and you know where to come to, 
you can just come and bring your boat and tie it up to the island. Um, so it's kind of like you figure out how to get there by having a friend who's renting a boat or like getting renting your own boat or having a boat or whatever. Um, so it's a cool people mix. People just kind of like hang out? Yeah, it's like a whole week. So people just hang out and like grill, meet and talk to each other and have like mini TED Talk type things. And like at night there's like music and people like run around being crazy mm-hmm. on little boats and stuff. So That's it's a lot cool. more dangerous than Burning Man because like... Yeah, people could drown or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Does that Has that ever happened? It's actually never happened that somebody's drowned which is kind of crazy um but yeah that that particular community is like really into like cryptocurrencies and that kind of like the they think about the future a lot so like part of the idea of like being on the water is that like um if uh, like there's like, like if the, if the glaciers land. melt or something well, it's like if there's kind of an apocalypse and you need to leave, you're no longer a part of the United States or something and you want to form your own country on the water. Like the water isn't governed by anybody. Yeah. So that kind of idea, I think it's called like seasteading. Yeah, I should know this. <laughs> How interesting. Yeah. So like that's what it was originally founded upon, but now it's become more of a party, but there's still a little bit of like those kinds of crowds that are still there. So like in terms of the people there, they're like the most some of the smartest people I know are there, go there. Um, so that's kind of why I like it better than Burning Man in some ways. Is it, um, the same duration? Is it like a week? It's a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of people have houseboats, so it's kind of more comfortable than Burning Man because people, people will bring like luxurious things there and it's not as rough of a, environment mm-hmm. um, what's something that you've done so far that you feel the most proud of done or achieved or um I feel proud of being of like being financially independent while not doing anything that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And not having just like totally just inherited that money either. Like yeah. not not just being born into wealth, like money having been like a big issue when I was growing up and feeling poor and that kind of thing, and then suddenly being at a place where I'm not, yeah, yeah, feels more significant than if I'd just been rich all along. Um, what do you think happens when people die? Hmm. Well, I think they being their personality and their memories and like everything that they think of as like a localized them, that goes away. And then the pure awareness that 
is the ground of their existence stays, but it since that awareness has always been part of everything, like nothing happens to it. It doesn't like go away. Um, I potentially could believe in reincarnation in the sense that some some kind of patterning that one might call the soul might then find another body but I don't really believe that it's like this soul leaves off here and then like goes to another body but more like certain threads keep on going in other people's so they might kind of split up and do their thing I'm not really sure like I do believe in like some kind of like karma cycle between lifetimes but I don't necessarily believe in like one soul that just like has this body and then chooses this body and then that body and then that body. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I kind of feel like dying could be a really blissful thing. Like, of course, I'm afraid of it. Like, my body fears dying, but I'm also kind of like in awe of the idea of it. What's something that you would like to see or do before you die? There's not like a concrete thing, but I would like to have a conscious experience like day to day that's like just like wildly blissful and magnificent and like magical like I would like to attain that kind of state of consciousness basically before I die have you had anything close to that yeah um well various drugs have induced states like that um the most notable one being 5-methoxy-DMT so 5-MeO-DMT, it comes from a toad, but you can also synthesize it. Um, it's an analog of DMT, which people have heard of probably, like DMT being in the ayahuasca plant and stuff like that. So 5-MeO is kind of different. Um, DMT tends to bring up a lot of imagery and hallucinations and like people are kind of in the spirit realm where lots of people might see aliens or they might see their ancestors or there's lots of things in that realm, but 5-MeO-DMT kind of like brings you straight to the place like above that where there's nothingness and everythingness. So it's kind of just this white buzzing field of ecstatic intensity. How is it taken? Like how is it ingested? Um, you can smoke it or vaporize it. Uh, can you talk more about that experience? What was that like? Um, so I did it in a kind of ceremony with a leader who, he just helped, you know, facilitate a container that felt safe. And so there was like five of us and we each went one at a time. Um, and everybody else was just holding space during that. So I thought that was really good that I knew like people were around me and that I was safe and like that. Just the way in which it was set up made it feel very, like, holy or very, just, like, very... Once you get there, you just feel very grounded. It's not kind of like a last a 
split second decision at a party of like, oh yeah, I'll take this drug. It's like very mm-hmm. intentional, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and you're, it's it's kind of like frightening because it kind of feels like you're dying in some sense because um, you're like hurtling through the space and then you have to kind of relax and let go which I thought that I understood what surrendered meant before that but like it feels very different when you have to like viscerally surrender to something like really intense um it's like really sensual in a way like it's like the deepest kind of penetration or something like that it's like you're just like letting this substance just take over your consciousness for you so you're kind of like I give up on my agency in my living and I give up give up on this whole consciousness like you can take it go for it like it's like that level of surrender mm. which is like freaky <laughs> yeah like the, it sounds like you're like completely not in control exactly but you're kind of told beforehand that like that's the way to do it so it's like you there's some trust and like I know it's okay for me to just like give it all because I know I'll, I'll I'll know it'll be fine like I'll make it through so you have to kind of just be like and you can kind of tell as you do it like each step that you surrender a little more it gets like less and less it gets more and more like expansive and um it gets just more easeful the more you sink into it. So once you start, you just keep going. It's kind of, yeah. What's the duration like? It's only 10 or 15 minutes long. Wow. Yeah, it's really short. So you're just like up and down super fast. Exactly. And then, um, I'll finish this question. Uh, every, I meant to say this, uh, every 30 minutes the camera just cuts out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the audio is still going. Um, and then when we return, then, um, then I have just three minutes of silence and then we go back into the interview, but, mm-hmm. um, shoot, what was I going to ask? Um, oh, do you feel like worn out? Like after, after the 10, 15 minutes are done, like, do you just feel like really exhausted or do you feel like energized or do you feel kind of neutral? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a little bit worn, a little bit tired, but not at all in the sense of like, other drugs like other drugs that release a lot of your own um neurotransmitters and then they deplete you and then you're just like strung out and just like dead it's not like that at all it's kind of just like you're worn out because like a lot of energy coursed through you mm-hmm. but you're pretty much mostly just back to how you were so in some ways it like shows people an experience of oneness but then it puts you right back where you were before. So it's not necessarily like, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a tool for, for realization or enlightenment or whatever you want to call it. Um, it just kind of shows you the possibility, but then you still have to do your own path. Like you can't just like smoke that all the time and be like, I'm enlightened. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, so that's pretty much 30 minutes or just about halfway through. Um, do you want, do you want a glass of water or anything? You've I'm got good. your tea. You're yeah. good. Okay. Um, I'm going to get a quick glass of water and then, um, and then we'll come right back.
So I'm going to start one more time. And then this will be the three minutes, and then I'll let you know when the three minutes are over. Sure. Okay, three, two, one. Um, do you have a partner? Yeah. 
Do you have any children? No. Do you want children? Maybe. I mean, probably, but not anytime soon. Mm -hmm. um, what's your favorite place to visit in the United States? Um, I like Big Sur. Um, specifically, Esalen Hot Spring there. Mm -hmm. It's probably my favorite place that I would go to regularly. I haven't seen a lot of the United States. Esalen has um, like workshops, like classes and stuff like that. Is yeah, that true? they they bring in yeah all sorts of workshops. Um, they're usually along the lines of like healing and self improvement and massage and yoga meditation, that kind of thing. Um, but a lot of times I go, like the workshops are usually pretty good, but it's more about going to Esalen and you have to take a workshop to go there pretty much, or it's like the same price to take a workshop as to just stay there. So you might as well just like take a workshop. And if you don't like it, you don't have to, you don't have to show up at the workshop. I see. Um, but it's more about like being there, like with the ocean and the mountains and the hot spring and the river and like the trees and the redwoods. Like that kind of nature and the baths and like the really good food they feed you, stuff like that. And just the kinds of people you meet there. Um, what kind of people have you met there? I don't know, like people who are really into self-improvement. <laughs> they're just, I mean, they're just like a little bit more open to interaction. A lot of times they're like at a difficult place in their life. And so they're taking, they're going to Esalen to like recharge or whatever. Um, but they're a little bit more open to conversation about themselves. Like they're open to more intimate conversations, I guess. And maybe being like naked in the bath together has something to do with that. Yeah. Everyone's guard is down. Yeah, exactly. What was your favorite band in high school? Or musician? Um, I didn't really have one. I've kind of, I mean, along with like not watching TV, I just wasn't that involved in a lot of like cultural stuff. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like oblivious to it, I guess. So I still now like won't know the name of like, when somebody will talk about some famous band, I'll be like, what's that? Or somebody will be like, we'll talk about some famous team. And I'll be like, what sport is that? They'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> did you have a favorite, uh, did you have like a favorite book or did you have, uh, something that was, uh, like, what am I trying to ask? Like, was I obsessed with something? Yeah. I feel like for me when I was in high school, um, I mean, I think a lot of people have a hard time in high school. High school mm -hmm. just sucks for a lot of reasons, mostly because I think you're just like not free mm -hmm. and you know that there's like a world that's out there, but that you kind of don't like have access to it. You mm -hmm. know? Um, so I feel like a lot of people I knew and myself included, it's like you have something that you kind of like, I guess, cling to in some way that, yeah. um, I don't know, makes you aware of that like larger world and like is comforting in some way. Yeah. Also, maybe something to like, kind of like strive for. I guess, like for yeah. me, it was like, um, it was like David Bowie. You mm -hmm. know, just cool. it made me think that like, if something like that can exist, then yeah. there's like much more than this like crappy day to day that I'm living. I don't really know if I had like an external 
anything like that. Um, I mean, I definitely had like, I mean, like art definitely like connected me with like who I really was. And then I also kind of was really into doing like elaborate makeup and like face painting whenever I could, like whenever it was like a costuming kind of party. And I just remember that being kind of like an obsession of mine is like creating creating this kind of mask basically like having control over how I what kind of face I had for the world and that gave me some kind of sense of protection mm-hmm. of like I get to choose and yeah so in some ways like I made myself look not quite like the real me um in interesting and artistic ways but it was still like oh, not really showing not really showing my real face um, yeah huh that's interesting. Yeah, so I kind of became known as, like, the girl who does, like, really elaborate, like, rainbow makeup and stuff. Um, yeah. Like, kind of also expressing my creativity and difference, like, very obviously on my face. Because mm-hmm. um, people at my high school kind of, they were mostly, like, rich kids who wore, like, boring clothes. And I don't know, that I felt they were kind of boring. So I wanted to be, like, statement-y. Um, what's your play, favorite place to visit or go to in San Francisco? I guess I must like hot tubs because I like the bathhouse called Archimedes Banya. Um, it's down in Dogpatch um, or Bayview, and it's like a Russian bathhouse. It's like co-ed with like saunas and they have a cafe and a rooftop deck and stuff like that. But otherwise I like going to the top of hills, like the top of Vernal Heights or the top of Twin Peaks or the top of Knob Hill. Just like sitting, like perched. Watch the view. Um, Do you remember a time, maybe when you were a teenager, where you got in... Um, just like got in like really bad trouble and it was something that gave you like anxiety or something like that. Like, how are you going to get out of this one type of thing? Um, when I was in middle school, me and my friend wrote an email to another girl in the class that was just like really mean, like something like we're going to crush your bones or just oh, like no. a really like, like threatening. mean threat. And it was weird because I was actually friends with the other girls. I don't know why I did it. It was just kind of like, I don't know, mean girls phase or whatever. Um, and then she told the teacher and <laughs> obviously they could figure it out it was us. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I just felt like, I mean, it didn't feel like, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? But like, oh my God, I can't believe an adult knows that I did that thing. I don't know, just this kind of like shock and shame and kind of like, yeah, something. Um, And then probably in college, yeah, no, definitely in college, I um, like had way too much alcohol and ended up at the hospital. Even though I probably didn't need to go to the hospital, they just call the ambulance whenever somebody's like, passed out or something um mm-hmm. and then that was a hassle because they sent a bill to my parents oh, um, no. 
which my parents were actually cool with it. I think they kind of like, they kind of brushed it under the rug of their own psyches. So they kind of didn't talk about it that much because they were like, didn't want to think about it. Yeah. That, that side of me. So they just were like, well, just don't do it again. Um, but it, I was still just like freaked out about that because I think I was more freaked out about the money that like they would have to pay money and that I was just like really indignant that the ambulance cost that much or something. Yeah. How much did it cost? I can't remember. <laughs> I just remember it felt like a lot. It might have been like $500 or it might have been more, but it just felt to me at the time like so much money. I can't believe that. Yeah. yeah. Might have been more than that. Yeah. Did it change your relationship to alcohol? Not necessarily that incident. I think just like binge drinking in general, like the first couple of years of college made me not like alcohol anymore later because it just, you kind of realize after a while that it's not that good of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> just, I still like it sometimes. Like it's, yeah, pretty good for socializing. Like I still find it, the lowering inhibition things really really helps me in social situations but yeah just more careful and yeah i'm not that yeah um are you familiar with the seven deadly sins yeah so you've got sloth gluttony lust wrath envy pride and greed yeah um which do you think are which do you think of those as the most harmful to society well, I don't really believe in sins, so I don't think, like, they're inherent. Those things are inherently bad, and they're. I think they're part of human experience, and that us thinking that that they're bad makes us worse off, mm-hmm. and probably leads to more distortions than if we just were like, oh, like, I have envy. I don't know. Kind of like if we all owned those things more. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be so problematic. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of skirted around the question. I don't know. I think, yeah, to me, like the disowning of our own, yeah, our own shadow, so to speak, our own emotions and feelings that we think aren't, are bad or we shouldn't show. Like, oh, I shouldn't show people that I'm really selfish. Like, I should pretend that I'm not selfish and I should pretend that I care about everybody like all these things that people are like oh no no no, I I can't show the world that or I can't even be honest about that to myself that's like what's causing the most discord in humanity um Hmm. like a almost like a crisis of authenticity or something like people can't be authentic yeah because once you start talking about those things they kind of it kind of unwind because like you realize that everybody else feels exactly goes through exactly the same kind of thing and like everything you thought was super shameful about yourself like other people have similar things and so like once you kind of expose everything it doesn't actually have that much to keep going on it's just kind of like I mean, it's still there but i don't think it has as much charge there's something about disowning those things that keeps them really stuck in the air Hmm. do you feel like the world is in generally uh like a generally good place or a generally bad place right now i think 
both extremes are happening at the same time. Like, we're seeing, like, things are better than we could have ever possibly imagined happening. And then we're seeing, like, the worst things possible also happening. And I think it's going to keep intensifying. Like, we're going to see even worse catastrophes. And we're going to see even cooler, more beautiful other kinds of creations. And somehow it's going to balance itself out. And then we're going to make it to the next phase of humanity like we're in an awkward transition phase right now Mm. so it's like all over the place um but i generally am pretty optimistic about everything coming together in the right way what's something positive that you see happening in the world or in society that's maybe like that that's one of those extremely positive things that makes you that gives you hope for the future well, just looking at my generation versus the generation before, like, or like, there's just so much more self-awareness and like motivation to 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 seek the truth, to seek like, who am I really? Like, what am I really here for? Mm-hmm. Instead of the convention, and it seems like every generation we get more and more like that. Like, more and more people awaken to the idea. Yeah, they kind of like take down old paradigms. Um, yeah, so more and more people are like trying to actually have like conscious partnerships with one another and conscious parenting and that kind of thing. Like if conscious parenting takes off, then like that's really good. Like if we don't fuck up our kids, we could break a really long cycle. Mm-hmm. But of course, we'll fuck them up in other ways. But like, I don't know. Um, and then on the opposite end, what's something that you see that I guess gives you anxiety for the future? Well, just the possibility that, like, there's going to be a lot of violence and, like, catastrophes, debt wars, that kind of thing. Like, it's probably bound to happen. Um, Yeah, I'm also worried about um, the consequences of technology. Like, I know there will be a lot of really good consequences, but there will also be really bad consequences. And sometimes it takes humans, like, a while to realize that something's bad. So we'll do it for a while, and then we're like, oh, that causes cancer. Like, that causes X and X. And so, like, for the new stuff, we haven't really figured out the ways in which they harm us yet. But then we will, and then it'll be kind of too late to save some people. Um, So, yeah, we're just, like... The invention of like VR and like augmented reality, like if that leads to some people choosing to live in a video game rather than living in life because their life is super shitty, and that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you like people to know about you? I'm not sure.
like the first thing that popped into my head was like, I don't want people to know anything about me. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that's the necessarily the truth. Just not not sure. I guess I tend to try to emphasize like uniqueness or individuality or something. So I tend to want to differentiate myself from other people by believing slightly edgier things or I don't know. So there's some wanting to be unique mm -hmm. that goes on in how I present myself. What's, um, do you have any memories of having uh, any profound art experiences? either as a kid or even as an adult, like when you saw a painting or a sculpture or a movie, just something that you felt like it was a, it had a profound impact on you and your life. Um, well, in college, I went to see an exhibit at the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I went to see an exhibit at Mass Mocha in Massachusetts, um, and they have, like, really large-scale installations. Like, that'll take up huge rooms and stuff, because it's in a... The building itself is, like, a repurposed factory, so it's got this, like, industrial look. Um, and so there's just an exhibit with, like, a bunch of really large-scale installations... And I went there when I was tripping on acid and I pretty much just, I don't know, was just like in awe of like the intensity that, the intensity and scale and beauty of it um, kind of like made me re-trust art as a, as a means of communicating. Um, what took you to Massachusetts? Um, that's where I went to college. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was that experience like for you out there? Um, it was interesting. It was in a really beautiful place. Um, and the education I got was, like, excellent. Um, I just, similarly to high school, I didn't feel like I fit in with the, the people there very much. Mostly, like, Northeastern, preppy, um sporty they were really into sports um yeah I felt a little bit like a loner there were a few other people like me like the artsy kids um but even then I didn't feel like I ever found my crowd mm -hmm. and then as soon as I moved back to the bay area suddenly I like was amongst my crowd again so there's something kind of Californian about it yeah um what part of Massachusetts were you in um, Western Massachusetts in a small town. So it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like the nearest airport was Albany, New York. Okay. I think I know that area. I knew someone that went to Williams College. Yeah, that's where I went. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that is a really excellent school. <laughs> so do you feel like feeling like you didn't quite fit in like how did you go from um well I feel like I went to school for art and I've known a lot of people that 
we're artists and I feel like especially as people get older it's like I feel like a lot of artists kind of wish that they went to school for science or something that's like more useful mm-hmm. um, um, what what do you feel like led to that jump because I feel like from for, science to art yeah because I feel like science especially chemistry like it just seems like far more lucrative exactly so like the whole reason I was doing science in the first place or science and math was just that like I was good at them and I knew that they were like things that could lead to having a secure job in the world whereas art was just like out of the question for yeah I just it didn't the idea of being an artist was like not even like allowed in my brain um but then something happened my senior year when I finally realized that I was going to graduate and then that I was going to choose how to live my life and it wasn't anybody else's choice and it wasn't my dad's choice and it wasn't like I didn't I wasn't really accountable to anybody else and like that was kind of the first time I actually fully realized that and so then I just knew that I I think it was seeing some of my friends like applying for consulting jobs and putting on suits and stuff and I was just like oh my god like what is this like world that people live in where they go to they wear weird suits and like just talk in weird language and like fill out paperwork that like has a bunch of gibberish on it I was just like what is that I do not even understand it I don't even want to like deal with it like hopefully that's I don't know hopefully that's not what the future looks like I don't know I just like kind of wanted to refuse to enter the that kind of world um and it felt like any kind of job in science and math would just be a job like it would just be something that would earn money but I wasn't like super thrilled about it even though I am really interested in certain toxic topics in science I wasn't like oh my god I want to devote my life to like researching that um mm-hmm. I think I was also hoping to find the answer to consciousness in science and it was very disappointing and I was like oh it's not here <laughs> there looks somewhere else the answer to consciousness. <laughs> like why does consciousness exist like why 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 just that kind of existential question of like why am I here why do I exist why does the world exist why why is the universe here like that kind of thing I was hoping that like go by going farther enough far far enough in science that I would get some kind of information um but it kind of like it's just kind of hilarious how little science knows about that like especially like neuroscience they're like studying the brain and stuff and they still refuse to really talk about consciousness like they kind of like avoid the question um do you have any answers like why consciousness why do humans have consciousness um well i've stopped really looking for logical answers so i don't really have like a word a verbal answer that's like why but like there's some sense of ease around it that wasn't there before like before i was just like really fixated on like i need to understand why otherwise i don't understand what's the point of existing this kind of fixation that like yeah i need to know and now it's kind of like oh i don't really need to know <laughs> so you you feel like you've kind of um you don't feel the need to know as much anymore yeah i'm still interested if like yeah i would still be interested to keep up with whatever research and you know i'm still yeah interested intellectually but it's not like i don't think i don't have the assumption that if i knew then my life would somehow make more sense 
there's there's some kind of trust in that it actually makes sense without me doing anything. Um, yeah. So the, yeah, so art was something that I did feel that kind of burning passion about when I thought about myself becoming an artist and sharing my art with the world. There was like this kind of fire behind it, and I was like, "Whoa, this is a lot more exciting than than anything else." So I think I just want to do it. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, that pretty much takes us to the end. The very last question that I like to ask people is because um, uh, I always think about it that these interviews could possibly, well, the hope is that it would continue on like um, almost like it's like a catalog or something that people could like look at like many, many hundreds of years in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so with that in mind, I like to ask if people have, if they had advice to give to future people or future Americans, what would it be? And if the camera does cut out, just keep going and we'll just get the audio on it. Like how far in the future? Uh, 300 years. No, I don't think I have advice. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of trust that we'll have figured something out by then. I, I'm not, trust like, I don't really believe that, like, the system is going to fix itself. Like, America suddenly, no, I think America is totally going to be gone in... 300 years um i think just like humans are gonna hopefully have just entered in a into a different state of consciousness where they're a lot better at collaborating on things like kind of working more in a group group mind rather than in individual mind um yeah so like the idea of like you foresee a time where maybe it would be even like post nation, like we wouldn't have nations in the way. Yeah, that it for sure. Now. Yeah, we wouldn't have nations, and we wouldn't necessarily. I don't know. This might be farther and further and further in the future, but we wouldn't necessarily have the same concept of what me means or like what I. We'd be just more oriented towards the collective than we are now. Kind of like how ants are more about the colony than there are about the individual thing. Like, I just think the next stage is more collective for us, which is hard to picture right now. Um, but I guess in some ways what I'm saying is that I don't have advice for the future. I feel like the f they should give us advice. Like, it's only going to get, it's only, evolution only becomes more and more, like, complex and intelligent. So they're probably more intelligent than us <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. Do you have any questions or anything that you'd like to say? No. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you very much.